Welcome to the second episode of Late Night Niners, um, part of the EMQ locker room. Um, usually this is going to be on Sunday night, but uh, I wanted to wait until uh, after the Seattle game because they're our week two opponent and uh, pretty pretty sad how that turned out. I, obviously, I'm sure all the faithful, including me, hate Seattle to, to our core. Um, so it's unfortunate to see them to see them win, and now they're in first in division. But uh, yeah, normally it's going to be Sunday nights, but we're doing a special Monday night, uh, late night Niners. A lot to unpack from Week One uh, against the Bears. Um, a difficult result as a Niners fan in a game where coming in we were certainly expected to win. Um, you know, favored by seven or eight points. Um, but, you know, just, just the NFL, you can't, you can't take anything for granted. You can't count a win before it happens. You see it all the time. Uh, so in week one, it's hard to really tell what the teams are exactly going to be. Um, Got to give a lot of credit to the Bears. But it's still a game that we didn't want to start the season this way. We didn't want to lose to this team. We wanted to get off on the right foot, especially with all the clouds surrounding um you know the preseason the off season all the questions seemingly not much cohesiveness and communication going on uh with the San Francisco team in general it just it's been it's been tough with the media and the fans the way uh, a lot of division in the in the media and our own fans um i found that out pretty quickly since becoming pretty active on twitter that there's uh we have some very high standards fans, which of course is great. Um, you know, you want your team to have high standards and I have high standards for the team, but um, some of these guys do not want anything to do with any failure, no matter when it happens. And I, I get it. I get it. But uh, I've noticed that there's, there's some really, there's some, there's some tough guys out there and you gotta, you gotta be careful. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, let's, Let's get into it real quick. It was a game that we definitely should have won, especially up 10 to nothing. Defense absolutely dominated, absolutely dominated the first half. Um, and then we let it slip away. Uh, some boneheaded mistakes, bad penalties, ultra conservative play calling. Uh, it just it was kind of like a perfect storm, literally, because we were playing in a storm. Um, and things just didn't uh, didn't work out, and very disappointing. But um, let's 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 start with the uh, actually, you know, real quick, and um, the injury report from the game. Um, Javon Kinlaw had a bit of a scare early with his ankle, but came back and looked like he's going to be fine. Nothing long term. The real awful thing that came out of this game, Eli Mitchell with a sprained MCL. Very very underrated running back. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for how good a running back he actually is. It's a pretty devastating blow, in my opinion. I don't think our running back room is that strong behind him. Jeff Wilson doesn't really have much explosiveness. He's a smart, good player, but it's really going to hurt, I think. Um, it's very disappointing that Mitchell is is injured and supposed to be out. It says up to eight weeks, so six to eight weeks. So it's, it's not good. It's uh, It was a painful one to see. Um, so... Yeah, let's get to the elephant 
on the field, if you will. Um, so we had to play. It's very reminiscent of the 2019, I believe it was week seven game against the uh, formerly known as the Redskins, the Washington Commanders. We played an absolute monsoon game there, just driving rain, wind, bitter cold. I was actually at the game. Uh, the only Niners game I've actually been to in person. Um, but I was with there with my now wife and uh, we we sat through. It was pretty miserable for three hours, but the Niners won nine to nothing. It's a great game. It was awesome. Um, I always love a defensive slugfest like that. We kicked three field goals. So this game brought back a lot of those memories for me, except, uh, and when it was 10, nothing, I was like, wow, it's going to be the same thing. Um, but no, we, we let it slip away pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it's just classic. It just felt really unfair. It felt like, uh, a cherry on top of, you know, some of the bullshit we've had to deal with, with, um, you know, the Jimmy Trey drama, all the questions, lots of, it's lots of nonsense in the off season. Then all of a sudden I'm, we're getting real, real excited for the week one game. You wake up, you see that it's, you know, 50 degrees in September and just pouring rain has been pouring rain hours before the game, just sloppy, disgusting, muddy field conditions, not to mention uh soldier field. They had a, um, a concert tour that they had a concert there a week or two ago, absolutely tore up the field. It was an awful condition. They couldn't rehabilitate it. So this is something I've really never heard of before. They imported grass. They brought in a bunch of grass. Um, oh yeah. My friend makes a great point here. Uh, last year against the Colts as well. We also had to play that weird game in it seemingly another monsoon. Um, yeah, we didn't fare well on that one. Jimmy couldn't couldn't take the snap in that game. That was another tough one. But we did blow the lead in that game, which is something we love to do. Uh, you know, it's becoming a theme. Um, but, yeah, we seem to play these weird weather games. That one was in San Francisco, interestingly enough. But we seem to play these weird weather games. Um, so, um, yeah, back to it. They had to import the turf a couple days ago. Import the turf? I don't even know what that means. Luckily... It didn't seem the footing actually seemed pretty good despite the weather in the field. People weren't slipping and falling, but Mitchell got hurt. So I'm going to blame the Chicago Bears and their, you know, sad little franchise uh, for hurting his leg. Um, they sprained his MCL. So that's on the field. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's just tough to, you know, there was 15 other games this week and they're all, you know, in good football weather condition. And we had to play in this. I mean, I'm not saying that it's unfair um, because it's football and it's just the way the world is, but um, the Bears uh, had to do a deal with it too, and they did deal with it. But, you know, it's just unfortunate. You'd like to get a great fresh start, get some confidence for the young quarterback. Instead, you're going to be playing this sloppy mudslide game. Um, so let's get let's get to Lance real quick. Um, so the real, I think, kind of ignorant hot take would be, that he played really bad and that he cost us this game and that he's not ready. And, you know, he was just, you know, he's not ready to be an NFL quarterback. He's doesn't go through reads, all that stuff. I think that's like the easy way out here is to just kind of go ahead and say that. Um, because I mean, if you look at his stats, you watch the game, it wasn't overly impressive at all. I mean, it was pretty sloppy um, the offense in general. 
didn't look great, but I mean, that's to be expected in that kind of weather. So I think it's unfair to, to say Lance uh, cost us the game or sucked. I think he was part of the problem. I think he could have played better. I just watched the game again. Um, and I actually think he actually played fine for, you know, parts of the game. I think he was fine. Um, it was extremely conservative play calling. Um, they didn't really, uh, you know, open it up for him. They didn't allow him to, there weren't many traditional quarterback plays that you see, not many three, five-step drops where a guy is just, you know, going through progressions and reads. Lots of misdirection, um, a ton of running the ball, which it was working fine. It was going fine. It's hard to really, it's just a really unfortunate game. I don't really even want to blame the play calling too much since we got up 10 nothing, um, And the game plan was fine. Run the ball, play great defense, and, um, you know, a war of attrition out there and, and, and try to burn clock and, and be smart with the football. Um, so I don't want to go ahead and condemn Lance's play completely. Um, once it got to the point where we were down 19 to 10, which we'll get into all that, how that happened, um, of course. But uh, once you get to that point where it was 19 to 10, then, you know, it really starts, it, it was sloppy. The field was sloppy and nasty for the first, oh, I'd say 45, I'd say the first three quarters. It was sloppy and nasty, but it wasn't pouring rain. It wasn't completely coming down like crazy. It was more of a drizzle with a field that had already been trashed by rain prior to the game. Once the fourth quarter hit, once we had lost the lead, once uh, Lance was in a position where he really had to throw the ball and you have to go get points at that point because you're losing the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, the rain was just absolutely coming down like crazy. Uh really hard to throw the ball like that, really hard to catch the ball like that, really hard to get really anything going because, you know, what are you going to come out of a cut, come out of a, a break after you run a route as a wide receiver? It's it's really, really hard. Um, and, you know, the Bears absolutely stacking the box. We were still trying to run on first down and maybe even second down at the end of the game there. Um, but we just let this game slip away. I'm not – it's not fair, you know, to say trade blew this game. Trey sucks. Um, just it just isn't in these conditions. It's a tough way to just. I know he started twice last year, but it's a tough way to start your NFL career really like this, um, having to play like that. I don't want to beat the weather conditions like you know to death, but it, it was certainly part of the game. Um, so I'm not. I mean, I you know you know me. If you watch the first episode, or if you if you listen to anything I say on Twitter. I'm a Jimmy Stan. I think Jimmy gives us the best chance to win with this roster right now. And uh, I mean, maybe Jimmy wins that game. I think they probably do. That's my opinion. Um, I think Jimmy should be the quarterback uh, in week two. I thought he should have been a quarterback in week one, but that's besides the point. The point is we've gone this route with Lance. You can't just bail on him after this game. If, if that's <clears throat> what you believe in, is, is, is that he's going to be good for this team right now. You, if, if that's what Shanahan Lynch and the coaches believe in, then you can't just bail on him after this. It's It would not be, be entirely unfair, entirely unfair. So he's going to have to play week two, and um, we're going to have to hope that we get normal weather and, uh, you know, hopefully a much better result. Now, 
let's get to Shanahan here. Um, part of what I was talking about is that Shanahan, ultra conservative game plan. A um, lot of design runs for Lance, a lot of design runs for Debo, Mitchell, Wilson. I mean, that's great. We ran the ball a ton in the first three quarters. We ended up throwing it a bunch at the end, but that's desperation. So the stats kind of look like there was an even game plan, but it really wasn't um, until the very end. A uh, lot of just just not a lot of trust, it seemed, in Lance. A couple deep shots were allowed on, off some play action. He made a couple of really nice throws, actually. Um, one to Ayuk early on the first drive and then to Jennings uh, in the third quarter on the field goal drive. Um, he missed Tyler Croft on a potential touchdown. Um, in the second quarter, I think it was uh, he just overthrew him. He had him streaking down the field. It would have probably been like a uh, down to the five yard line, put us in position to really, really take control of the game. But he mit- he did miss that throw, and he definitely missed some throws uh, late late in the game too. But I mean, it was very sloppy. Um, but still, he could absolutely play better. Lance could play better. He got a couple times when protection broke down, which it did pretty quickly, pretty often, which was kind of a concern. Um, he got a little, you know, put his head down, look to run, you know, instead of maybe looking for a guy to dump the ball off to. Um, but yeah, Shanahan didn't, if, if he's going to let him drive, if he's going to give him the car, if he's going to give him the keys to the car. You got to let him drive a little bit instead of uh, Shanahan is just, you know, he's like, the guy at driver's ed, he's like the teacher in driver's ed with the other steering wheel. He's kind of just not really letting Trey do it on his own. At least that's what I saw in the, in the first game here, he had an opportunity to be a little more aggressive with play calling. Um, so let's get, let's get into this. Shanahan blows another lead. Um, it's becoming a theme. It really is. It's becoming a troubling theme for the San Francisco 49ers under Kyle Shanahan's tenure. Um, you know, even the two years we've been good, uh, you've seen leads get blown. You go back to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, um, go back to Colts game last year. Uh, for some reason, more examples aren't really hitting me. Well, even the Cowboys game, playoff game that we won last year, we really were trying to, seemed like we were trying to give it away. Um, Shanahan suffers from, this sense of once you have the lead, just he takes his foot off the brakes or takes his foot off the gas. Um, and he gets very, very ultra conservative. It's almost guaranteed running on first and second down. Um, you know, then a lot of pressure to convert on these third downs. They, he, he lets teams back into the game. Um, it's just becoming a troubling theme. This was another one today. Um, not necessarily all of it was his fault either. It was really just a combined team loss. Like it was really like the defense making mistakes, the coaches being too conservative and the quarterback not, you know, making big plays or making a couple big mistakes at the wrong time. Um, but yeah, we're up 10, nothing. The bears score on this kind of fluky, 51-yard pass to Pettis where Justin Fields improvises and kind of does it all on his own, and it's 10-7. to Then we get to a fourth and inches on our own 41 on the very next drive, and it's about halfway through the third quarter. Um, We had run two successful QB sneaks with Lance early in the game where he he wasn't very close to being stopped on either of those. 
uh, third and shorts on those QB sneaks. I would have loved to see us go for that there. I feel like Shanahan rarely takes any risks like that. He doesn't take any risks on fourth and shorts. He often will just kick a field goal, which, I mean, there's something to be said for taking points, but uh, sometimes I'd like to see him be aggressive because, you know, I know that we tend to let teams back into games. We tend to blow games. So uh, he doesn't really have the killer instinct as a coach, and it's starting to really bother me. I think it's bothering a lot of Niners fans. Um, we're, you know, if you want to be a great team, you can't blow games. You can't blow big leads. You can't let teams just crawl back in. you got to put them away. And um, we were very conservative on our field goal drive in the third quarter where we ended up getting the field goal. Um, very conservative towards the end of that drive. Didn't even put the ball up in the end zone once, throwing the ball all day. There wasn't one pass attempt into the end zone the entire game. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Not once, not one. Um, but then, yeah, the fourth and inches from our own 41. Yeah, I know it's a risky decision. I think it would have been easily picked up, keep the drive going, you get a little momentum back. Instead, it's 10-7, you punt it away, and you know, it kind of feels like the bears are, are really right back in this thing. And uh, so that's, you know, that's just part of the anatomy of a collapse, little things like that. Um, and, you know, let's get into the, the undisciplined part of the game. Um, 11 penalty or sorry, 12 penalties for 99 yards. Um, five, uh, Five first downs were given to the Bears via penalty. I mean, that is just, that's a lot in one NFL game. I mean, that is a ton. Um, just dumb, dumb mistakes. Um, so let's, okay. So the the defense, definitely a big bright spot for the team. Um, in the first half, I mean, it was as advertised. Everyone's saying the Niners are going to have the best defense in the NFL or at least top five. And, you know, this unit's, strong it's awesome can't run on them i mean it was true to start to start the game the the first half absolutely dominant pretty much dominant through the whole game we just allowed them to score in easy ways they they had one big fluky touchdown play um and then they had two sustained drives at the end of the game well one was a short field drive after interception but they had one sustained drive, pretty much just one sustained drive in the whole game. And we committed personal foul penalties twice on that drive on third down, third and long, both times, uh, in which we were seemingly going to have a stop. Um, so that drive was pretty much just fueled by penalties. Um, the defense absolutely balling in the first half. Um, Talanoa Hufanga, our second year safety really, really looked like he matured into a good NFL starter. 11 tackles, two tackles for loss, and a first-quarter interception of fields. Um, he just looked great, just blowing plays up, uh, beating beating his man off the ball, reading screens really well. He played such a great game. Um, and Bosa, five tackles and a sack, blew, blew a couple plays up, made it really difficult. They doubled him a lot of the game because that's just the kind of impact he has. And then we had Fred Warner with six tackles um, who did his thing. So, I mean, our stars showed up um, defensively. 
they were good. And the whole team played well defensively for the most part of the game. I mean, this is a game where we won the time possession. We outgained them 331 to 204. That's a significant margin. We only allowed 204 yards. And you lose a game. I mean, that is tough. Um, we had more first downs. We were better on third down uh, conversions. It just was tough. Uh, to see how this happens. So they get that fluky play, 10-7. Suddenly it feels like they're right back in the game. And uh, then I think we go, you know, no one scores for a couple possessions. Um, They get the ball back, and then they go on that extended drive, fueled by our defensive penalties, just awful penalties, a face mask. We had two roughing the passers, uh, uh, sorry, two late hit personal fouls on Justin Fields slides. Um, We had two defensive holdings that extended drives. There's the five penalties right there that extended the drives, automatic first downs, Um, just critical mistakes from, you know, veteran guys at, at the wrong time. I don't hate to call someone out, but Dre Greenlaw, three penalties, two of them, personal fouls extended the drives. Uh, He's better than that. He'll be better than that, but. He was flying all over the field, too. He just had some really untimely mistakes. Dre Greenlaw really cost us. Let the Bears back in the game. Um, So, yeah, we extended that second drive. They go up again. And then we get to a critical moment in the game. It's 13-10. I want to say about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Lance got a chance to bring us back in this game, march down the field, get a drive. And then he does make his worst mistake of the game. And it's, it's not pretty. It's a bad read. It's... It's not good. Here we go. On third and five, Lance gets intercepted by Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson. It's just not a good throw. Let's watch it one more time. On third and five, Lance gets intercepted by Eddie Jackson. Sheesh, that is just, that's not a good throw. It's really bad. I mean, then they have a short field. Bears got a short field and. If we get them on third, we get them on third down again. We commit another penalty, and they, uh, and they go and they and they punch it in with a rushing touchdown. And that's pretty much the game right there. Then the then the the rains came, and we couldn't move the ball at all. And that was all she wrote, pretty much. Um, so you know that's a critical critical mistake by Lance. If, if it's third down too, if you don't throw the pick, if it's just incomplete, you know you punt it away. You're st- we're still right there in the game. Um, Instead, they got the short field and they go up nine because their kicker, Cairo Santos, can't kick. I don't really think that guy's ever been able to kick, quite frankly. But um, it's just, you know, it's just a game. It just feels like we gave it. Just, I don't think it feels like. I think it's just fact, factual. We gave that one away um, to an inferior team. But, you know, instead of just bashing us so much, which is fair, you know, you got to to some extent because that's just a game we got to win. Um, you do have to give the bears credit. Their defense was stout all game. They played good. Um, their front seven was, didn't allow us to run all over them. Although I feel like the loss of Mitchell really hurt us in that, in that sense. Uh, Wilson just looked a, a lot slower and Lance was kind of hung out to dry by the offensive line a bunch. Um, and it's just, yeah, their defensive front played really well. Our offensive line got beat up. Um, Justin Fields made a, 
a bunch of cool, I guess you could say cool plays because they're, they're certainly not uh, standard NFL plays. They're very schoolyard kind of imp improvisation, but uh, you got to give him credit. He made, made a couple of really good plays. We blew a couple sacks we could have had on him in big moments. And of course, all the penalties that I don't need to get into anymore. But uh, Lance made some some really good plays. And I don't want to say he won them the game, but I mean, his stats, metrics-wise, he didn't really play much better than Lance. But I mean, when it came to came to, it when it boiled down to a couple big plays, he made them, and Trey did not. Um, so I mean, that's that's just part of the game. Um, one guy made the plays to win the game. The other guy didn't really get the chance to, but um, we lost to the bears and it's not something I wanted to be saying. Um, I did kind of portend that we would struggle in this game more than people thought that the bears weren't as bad as, as people thought their defense certainly wasn't as bad as, as people thought it'd be. Um, their offense was terrible, but you know, we basically, when you give a team a hundred yards and extend drives over and over again, they're going to score, you know, eventually um, you give them a short field and you have a, a defensive breakdown on a 51 yard, throwing it back across the field, across his body. It's like Madden. It's like a Madden play that I would do just scramble to one side and just press a random button on the controller. And there's a guy open somehow. It's what it felt like watching it. Um, so, yeah. Um, you got some issues with the offense here I want to discuss real quick. Um, you see the stats down here. Lance, 13 for 28, 46 completion percent. 46 percent completion percent is not terrific. 164 yards, no TDs, and threw a pick. So the stats are going to tell you he played really bad. 13 rushes for 54. That's not very good either, but he did make a couple nice plays. Um, he really was hung out to dry by the offensive line a couple times. Um, in big moments, he, he didn't seem to have a very quick trigger or confident with his reads though, either. So it's hard to really know. Cause I didn't watch like all 22. I don't know how great the coverage was downfield, but I imagine it's pretty good. Try, hard to get open in that kind of weather. But, um, uh, once again, Samuel is our best running back. Um, I don't know how long he can sustain that. If he gets hurt, the team is in major trouble. Um, but if you look at his last, like, I want to say 10 games, regular season and playoffs, uh, he's playing running back. He ain't playing wide receiver. He's got a couple big explosive plays as a wide receiver in that time period, but it's mostly just running the ball. He's averaging about 10, 12 carries a game. And, I mean, it's effective. I mean, he had, as you can see down here, I'm going to wait for it to scroll so I don't misquote myself. He had eight rushes for 52 yards, um, including the touchdown our only touchdown and yeah, he was mostly effective all game. Um, but he had eight targets and only two catches for 14 yards. Um, we're going to need him to really be the dual threat. Uh, he can't just be our running back. We got to get that short up. I am concerned about the running game going forward, especially with the way the offensive line played. I don't know if our running game is going to be as effective as all the prognosticators said it would be coming into this year. I mean, everyone knows the running game is a staple for Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's always highly effective. But towards the end of last season and um, even in the playoffs, I didn't think our running game was, was as effective as it's been in the past. Uh, 
certainly not to 2019 where it was, you know, pretty much unstoppable, but uh, I am really concerned about the offensive line, the loss of um, Alex Mack at center and the loss of Lake and Tomlinson, who's now a jet. Uh, it showed a bit. I mean, those guys were solid, solid offensive linemen. Um, so I'm a bit worried about that. Also, Brandon Ayuk, only two targets, two catches for 40 yards, only two targets. Um, I mean, he's clearly an extremely talented player. And everyone's been raving about him in preseason um, and in training camp, saying he was MVP of training camp. That's what everyone keeps saying. Mm. Got to see him get involved more. I do think the lack of George Kittle really reared its head uh, with our inability to get some of those chunk burst runs that we're accustomed to as Niners fans. Um, Kittle being out obviously would hurt any team, any time, but uh, got to get him healthy. I'm kind of glad they didn't play him in this weather and, and risk a more serious injury. But if you, if, it, if you told me if he played and we get a win, I would have said, yeah, play him. But, hard to know um i do think that yeah the loss of eli mitchell really concerns me the offensive line play really concerns me it's just a concerning game um some of our old habits cropped up you know the bad penalties blowing the game uh, lack of rhythm and consistency on offense it's just it's just not stuff you want to see um, but yeah uh there are some positives take out of it how dominant the d-line was um, how great Hufanga was um, in his first year is really a starting safety. He's really just had an amazing game. Um, yeah, and we'll just touch on one other thing before we get to a week two preview. Um, Jalen Johnson bears a cornerback who actually forced the, the fumble on Debo Samuel, which I didn't mention earlier and I should have. We were looking great on that first drive, just going right down the field. Uh, some chunk plays, good rhythm. And then Debo, you know, makes a nice cut on an outside run and just fumbles and they take the ball. And it didn't like it didn't really matter because we were ended up being up 10 nothing anyways, you know, halfway through the game. But, you know, if you're going to go back and really think like, hmm, we could have put this game away early. That was probably part of the problem why we didn't. Um, fumbling on that first drive in the red zone. Um, so that was tough. But Jalen Johnson, who forced that fumble, um, had some comments about Trey Lance after the game. Uh, he had criticized Lance before the game. He said, he's going to have to prove it to me. I don't think he can play quarterback in the NFL, something along those lines. And then after the game, they asked him what Lance did against the Bears. And the quote is, he ain't do shit. So pretty strong words from Johnson. And it's hard to entirely disagree with him, um, but we're just gonna have to see how it, how it plays out going forward. Uh, you gotta you gotta have faith. You gotta be faithful towards the guy we picked to be quarterback. So hopefully he bounces back and has a big game against Seattle, which brings us into Seattle conversation. Um, you know, you don't want to overreact and start saying that the season's in big trouble. Um, or, some, or a game is a must-win game, but I'm I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is a must-win game in week two. We're at home. We have Seattle coming in off a crazy victory against the new-look Broncos with Russell Wilson, and his revenge game didn't go so well. Um, 
very questionable coaching by Nathaniel Hackett, the new Broncos coach at the end of that game. But uh, this ain't a Broncos or Seahawks show, but if you watch the game, you know what I'm saying. Um, so we got Seattle coming in. Geno Smith looked disturbingly good for somehow. Um, and their defense actually looked pretty good too. But, you know, it's tough to go into Seattle, especially week one. They're all juiced up. They got those fake fans, 12. Um, got those fake fans going crazy for the first game. Um, so, yeah, it's probably – and Broncos' first game together with the new quarterback, new system. Probably just an aberration. I don't think Seattle's going to be that good. But, uh, man, their, their defense did play well, and their quarterback did play well, and their running game looked decent. Their offensive line held up really well. It was kind of weird. Uh, the team we all expected to be awful this year is winning the NFC West outright right now, um, which I think is a good thing. You know, we dropped the first game, but so did the Rams, so did the Cardinals, and the team we all think is going to be bad won the first game. So if if I could have picked it to go any other way, I would have. Uh, for for it's, it's just for a, a bad result in Week One, it's it's almost almost a best case scenario. If Seattle lost, it'd be really a best case scenario. But but it's it's not totally discouraging that we're zero and one um record wise and we get a chance to beat the division leader this upcoming week and we're at home um but yeah it's a must win game we must win this game we cannot go zero and two and let seattle be two and zero somehow and just lose that much ground in the division and in the conference just not something we can do we're actually opening line we're favored by eight and a half points we are minus eight and a half um Last week, I told you to take the Bears plus seven because I just thought it was too many points. And I didn't expect them to win, though. But told them to, told, told you to take them plus seven. That was right, um, unfortunately. I was hoping we'd just kill them and not have to worry about that game. But um, this line's interesting. We're eight-and-a-half-point favorites. We didn't look good. They did look good. Um, I hate to say it, but i got to recommend taking the points again. you got to take Seattle plus eight-and-a-half. I don't have enough confidence in what San Francisco has, has shown me in the in this first game or in the preseason, really. Um, and Shanahan loves letting teams back in games. So even if we're up by a bunch, you know, you could always get a cover, late cover on that number. Um, I do expect us to win. I really want us to kill Seattle. Um, I think the smart play from a gambling perspective, um, I'm supposed to toss up the... Uh, the gambling graphic here, but I, I'm, I forgot. Um, yeah. From a gambling perspective, I think you got to go with the eight and a half points with Seattle. It's just too many points the way the teams looked. Of course, this is the NFL and things change quickly week to week. Team plays great one week. They're dog shit the next week. Team plays bad one week. They're, they play at their peak the next week. So, I mean, I would love to see San Francisco absolutely crush Seattle because I mean what kind of Niners fan wouldn't like to see that um but I think Seattle hangs around I think it's an annoying one of those annoying games especially Seattle just plays it so well um it has for seemingly forever um I hate him to death um but so I'm gonna go with uh I think where offense gets opened up a bit I think we play a little bit better I'm gonna say we win 24 to 17. Um, so we win by seven. Seattle covers, but 
we get the win, we get the much needed win. We go to, we go to one and one and get ourselves back on track for this season. If we lose, it's going to be crazy. Um, I mean, we had such a soft opening start schedule wise, you know, on paper with the bears and the Seahawks, you really wanted to be two and zero. can't be owing two. that is something you just can't do. Um, so it's a must win game calling it right now. And we are going to win it because we have to win it. All right. I think I've just about covered everything that I wanted to cover. Oh, I, I should, I just want to bounce back real quick to, uh, Trey Lance said all the right things after the loss. He uh, took responsibility, said he could have played better. Uh, he was disappointed in his play. So that's encouraging. You like to see that. He's a young guy, too. He's 22. It's it's good that he sat there and, and took the criticism and owned it. Um, that's positive. It's not something Jimmy always did, to be honest. But, um, you know, it's it's tough for me right now because I want us to win. I need us to win games because it kills me when we don't. Um, I also think we're starting the wrong quarterback. but. In order to get to the right quarterback, it's either we lose games and he plays awful or he gets hurt. And I don't want either of those things because that's terrible. So, and, you know, that's not what a Niners fan, it's not what we do as Niners fans. We root for the team no matter what. It's just unfortunate we're in this weird twilight zone phase of the franchise. Um, okay, so next week you can see me Sunday around 12 Midnight Eastern time, maybe one Eastern time. It's a fluid situation. Um, and that's 10 Pacific or 11 Pacific around that time. Um, and yeah, we got big slate coming up for the brand for EMQ for every morning quarterback on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. You're going to see Pat stands Inc. Uh, that's our, that's our Patriot show for all you new Englanders out here. Thursday, we got me and BMAC previewing the Thursday night game, which is a huge game. Chiefs and Chargers should be crazy. We're going to preview it with a little EMQ bet segment. On Friday, you can see those poor, miserable bastard Jets. Uh, uh, Friday night flight. That's with Big Spags, our, our co-host on EMQ. Big Spags. And then on Saturday, you get the whole gang for our big week two preview. Um, where we talk about you know the week two slate. Sunday slate and stuff. And there's also a gambling show on Sunday morning called the Sunday slate as well. Um, so lots of big things happening in the EMQ brand, lots of things to look forward to. You know, I'm worried I didn't go through my whole sheet here properly, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to call it a night. Thanks for hanging out with me guys. It's been fun. Um, please like subscribe to late night Niners on Twitter, like the YouTube page, EMQ podcast, uh, and interact with me on Twitter. I love a nice, healthy debate. Um, you know, just don't be some of those Niners fans who use really mean language when talking about Jimmy. <laughs> anyway, guys, it's been great, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday.